Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome to welcome you to creating a championship standard of living. I am your host, Miles W. Miller. It is such an honor to have you on the show today. I have a, a great show planned for you. I'm actually really excited because this is what I get to do best. I get a chance to to motivate and inspire people, and I brought guests on today that will help us do the exact same thing. Today, before we get started, I'd like to start by praying. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for, for being here with open hearts to receive good information to set us on our way so that we can re- realize the destiny that you have set for us. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It is a great honor today to um, to be before you. I want to introduce myself to you again. We were supposed to start last week. And we didn't get a chance to start on time. Some of you may have seen my um, my introduction to you. And if you get some, when you get some time, please go ahead and take a look at that. Uh, download it. You can download it as an, uh, a podcast. But to give you a little bit more about me, I am a motivational expert. I'm not a, just a speaker. I'm not just a writer. I'm not just a coach. But I, I consider myself to be a motivational expert. And I study things that cause people to to move better in what it is they've been called to do. And this show will be nothing more than that, um, nothing less than that, excuse me. I really want you to um, to come here every week and with, with your heart open and whatever it is that you need. Pull on me and, and, and let's come up with solutions because I want to see everybody succeed. We're going to get started now. Um, I want to start this week off. Um, there's a a segment I'm going to do every week now. It's going to be called Presidential Wisdom. And what I've done, I've actually been studying online, just you know, getting information ready for this show and everything. And I looked and I saw a website with uh, quotes from President Barack Obama. And this is one of the most brilliant men I've I've had a, ch- a chance to study and and read their quotes. He's actually a very brilliant man, and I wanted to share a quote with you that uh, President Obama was quoted saying, and the quote goes, We need to internalize the idea of excellence. Not many folks spend a lot of time trying to be excellent. I want to repeat that. We need to internalize the idea of excellence. Not many folks spend a lot of time trying to be excellent. And what I want to talk to you today is about the constant pursuit of excellence. Many times in life, people will try to, to go out and do things. They'll go out and try to to be this or be that, or they'll buy this and buy that in hopes of trying to be happy. But the thing that miss, that will always get you to the top faster than any other principle that I can think of is excellence. And there's, there's five steps that I wanted to share with you today 
to help you on your pursuit of excellence. The first thing that you need to understand is that excellence is not perfection. Excellence is not perfection. What I mean by that is that you don't have you're not you're not being required to be perfect because there was only one perfect being that came before us and that was Jesus Christ. And we're we're expected to to live our lives like that, but we need we need God to perfect those things concerning us so that we we're not overly concerned with trying to have cross every I and dot every T excuse me, dot every I and cross every T. We're more focused on being the very best person that we can be at every at any given moment at any given time. So with that understood, a perfectionist, although they may seem to be very effective in what they do, although they may seem to be doing things a certain way, a perfectionist really is not moving in excellence because a perfectionist, a lot of times you see people who, who they have to get everything just right. A lot of times those people don't really lead lives that you want to emulate. But a person who moves in excellence leads a lifestyle that many people marvel at and, and want to emulate and want to find out what is it about this person that that makes them stand out above the crowd. The second piece, excellence will require a change of mind. Again, excellence will require a change of mind. We learn this actually in Romans 12 where it tells us that that be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, excellence is a, a state of being that takes place in your mind. Your mind is, is such a powerful tool, and once you, you completely harness it, it puts you in a position to experience the greater things in life, to, to, to be a, an example of how to experience the goodness of life and how, how to be able to experience the things that God has placed in, in this universe for us to enjoy and to be a part of and to to affect change. But that comes with changing your mind to anything that would would come against your your game plan, anything that would come against your your destiny, you would want to take time to clean that clean those things out of your mind so that you can move in excellence. The third step is that excellence will propel you and cause you to stand out. Anytime you do something extraordinarily, it's going to cause you to stand out. Not in perfectionism, but in being able to move forward in life and being able to to be an example in, 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 in realizing your dreams and realizing your destiny is going to cause you to stand out. It's going to propel you. I know a lot of times I have people come and, and tell me that they really understand or really admire the things I do because I've had actually had the courage to, to step out and live my dreams. I'm actually in a situation now where I left everything that I knew in order to move to Atlanta to, to to for ministry. And 
it was one of the toughest decisions I ever made in my life. But I look back at it now, this was one of the easiest things I've ever had to do as far as making this decision to be here at this point in time right now. And I look I look back at it, it, was, it wasn't so simple, but it wasn't so hard. But it's the things that, because I was able to adapt so well, other people looked at my life as if the things that were that were very tough I made look easy because I didn't I didn't complain about the, you know the trials I may have gone to I didn't I wasn't hurt about I didn't openly show my pain and I, the things that I didn't understand I I prayed about and asked God to show me His insight and His will how would He have things done and now I'm in a situation where people actually come to me. For, Saying, you know, I admire your toughness. I admire your integrity. I admire you for what you've been able to do, and that that's that's a, that's excellence. That's a sign of excellence. Our fourth thing that you need to understand about in your pursuit of excellence is that excellence will draw attacks from simple and narrow-minded people. Excellence will draw attacks from simple and narrow-minded people. You have to understand something, that any time you move forward, there's going to always be a force moving against you to try to push you back. Whenever there's good, there's going to be evil. Whenever you, you see a move of God, the enemy is going to show up as well. And whenever you, you go to, to, to make it, to go to that extra mile, to go out and go above and beyond the call of what normal people do, the things that make common people uncommon, it's going to ruffle feathers and it's going to draw attacks. And you have to be prepared for that. It, any any dreamer, any visionary who's ever accomplished anything great has known that this is inevitable. You're going to you're going to face attacks. And the fifth step that I want to leave with you in your pursuit, in your constant pursuit of excellence, is excellence will require a coach or a mentor. Excellence will require a coach or a mentor. But not just any coach, but an excellent coach, a coach who exudes these things that, that they would try to teach you. I was, I was absolutely blessed. I had... As my excellence coach, it happened to be two people, three people that I can, can name right off the top of my head that really took time to show me how to operate and, and move and, and be a professional at, at how I do things and, and not just take things for granted. One of which was is my mentor, uh, Mr. Greg Carden, who was slated to be my um, one of my guests last week. Mr. Greg Harden uh, is also the reason why I even wanted to be a motivational speaker. I saw him in his life just, it stood out to me. I, he walked in the room and he gave, it was my freshman year in college, he gave a speech. And just from 20 minutes, 20 to 40 minutes in his presence, I knew I wanted, I wanted to do the things he did. I knew I wanted to be like that man. And 
today I'm able to to tell you that I can I can encourage other people, I can talk to other people, I can motivate people because of my connection to Mr. Harden. Thirdly, secondly, excuse me, second person who who really made a, a massive impact on me as far as excellence is my bishop, Bishop Wayne T. Jackson. He actually took time to mentor me personally as well on how to how to flow and how to deal with people and how to how to be a, again, a professional, just to, to be a, cost, a, a, a service-oriented leader. And those types of things, when people, when people come in your presence and, and you know how to, to interact with them and you know that, how to put them their needs above your own, it causes you to get promoted quicker. It causes you to get elevated quicker. It causes you to be launched quicker into your destiny because people now want to see you excel because they feel a part of your success. And that's one of the things I, I, I definitely picked up from, from Bishop Jackson. The third person who really has made, had a, a definite impact on me in the area of excellence is my current pastor, Pastor uh, Ginaldo Lee. He's had a, a tremendous impact on me as far as professionalism again, appearance, making sure that the, the what I give people as far as the, the, the outward appearance matches the inward appearance. That I, I I seek to be a leader, that I seek to be not just a normal guy, but a guy who leaves an indelible impact. And I've had to I've been blessed to have this type of leadership, this type of mentorship for a long time. I've never had uncommon never had common leaders. I've always had uncommon leaders, people who push me to be greater, who who exude these same talents themselves. And I'm telling you, if you don't have one, have a coach, you don't have a mentor, you have to find one. I'm uh, I'm available. I just want to throw that out there. I'm definitely available to be a coach for you. And um, I look forward to, to doing whatever it is I can to help you along the path. Now, people, this is a, a great day. Moving in the spirit of excellence and in the pursuit of excellence, I have today five guests who are dynamic in what it is they do. I've entitled this this show Writer's Delight. And this show is dedicated to all you writers out there who are in pursuit of finishing novels, who are in pursuit of, of writing articles and being a published author, a published writer. This show is for you. Not only now do you have a, a plan of action for how to move in excellence, but now you're going to get real-life advice from people who have actually live it and people who actually live it. Right now we're going to um I'm going to introduce to you our first guest. Our first guest, uh, Miss Ashara Giles is a very, very awesome woman. Ashara is a graduate of Cass Technical High School in Detroit, Michigan. She became an author destined to shatter the myths surrounding issues such as depression and domestic abuse. As a survivor of both, Ashara maintains her relationship with Jesus Christ that kept her going. She has been published several times since she was seven years old, but her recent novel, Done, is her debut novel. Ashara is a single mother and, and son to Alexander who resides in the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. So without further ado, 
I want to introduce you to Ashara. Hello, Ashara. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Miles? Thank Um, you so much for that great introduction. You're so welcome. (laughs) Well, Ashara, we have you on here. And the, the goal of today and the theme of today's show is the constant pursuit of excellence. Mm-hmm. And what can you tell the listeners now that you have a person out there who, who really wants to be a writer, who really wants to be a published author, who really has a desire to, to touch people's hearts with their, work, their writing work? What can you tell them as a person who's, who's now done it? You, you, you successfully published a, a, a great novel. Right. What can you tell them to keep them going? My main piece of advice, I guess you could say, would be to, as my grandmother used to tell me, keep on keeping on. <laughs> um, you know, my grandmother was from Greenville, Mississippi, and mm-hmm. she never gave up in anything that she did, and that was, I guess you could say, my mentor Okay. Um, who encouraged me to continue to write. Um, you will come to various roadblocks, as you stated earlier, Um different oppositions and things of that nature. But when you know that God has given you a dream and a passion and that desire to write, you have to follow through with that. No matter how many tears you cry, no matter how many people say no, no matter how many people tell you that, you know, you can't do it, it's not good enough, don't believe it. Just keep writing. Keep believing God and keep him first of course, so that you can see everything come to fruition. And that, that's a, a great, great answer. A lot of people get stuck on their trial, their tribulation, which we already know is coming. We've been promised that trials and tribulations are going to come. Absolutely. But you know in your heart that this is something that God has given you. And you may not be completely, you may not not know God. This is a per- this is for a person who may not really understand God, but they understand mm-hmm. that they they have a passion. Right. How can you how can you get that to them? Whereas they can understand that God loves them and still wants that thing that's inside them to come to pass. What would you What would you advise them to do? Again, even if they are not very familiar with God, as you know, say a, a, a personal relationship, so to speak, as some mm-hmm. of us do know him you still know that you're made up of a spirit and flesh and in your own soul, just like you have secular artists or whoever, such as, you know, Puffy, Sean Combs. This man is determined to be a success. You know within yourself that there are things that you are called to do, whether it's by a higher power of God or whether it's just within your own personal desire to succeed in life that this is what you have to do. And, again, no matter how many different obstacles coming your way, you have to keep going forward and try not to look too much to the past because your past cannot be allowed to rule your future. If you allow your past to rule your future, you never will succeed. Wow. Wow. And there's a lot of people that need to hear that. A, a lot of people will get I – I coach a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people who are still – battling issues that may have happened to them 15, 16, 17, 20, 25 plus years ago that exactly. they didn't want to go of. So yeah. 
would you agree that maybe forgiveness can help loosen that gift inside of them? Maybe that if a person could could let go of things that 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 aren't going to get them to their destiny and forgive the people who may even cause them, that they can actually unleash a, a, a different side of that gift? I'm going to say that forgiveness is definitely key. Um, a part of my personal testimony that kind of rolls into, you know, the novel done is that I was a victim of several different types of abuse since I was eight years old. Wow. And many people never knew that. I kept it inside until I was at least 26 or 27. And it wasn't until God, I allowed God to begin to deliver me and, you know, for me to begin to forgive those who had hurt me, whether it was intentional or unintentionally, that I, was be- I began to have doors open, you know, and people began to come into my life to help me to be able to write done and to create it and to get the book out there. And now I'm here on your radio show, for instance, helping other people, yes, you know. It's not easy to forgive. It's not going to happen overnight. It really isn't. It is a process, and it's something that you have to be willing to do, but God will definitely work through you. I definitely agree with that. So, Ashar, tell us about the book, Done. What, what could our readers expect to, when they pick this book up? Well, <laughs> when they pick this book up, um, what I tell people first is that, yes, I'm a Christian, and yes, I'm an author, but this is not your mama's Christian book. <laughs> My characters are real characters. These are people who are going through situations such as depression and psychiatric care and, you know, adultery, things of that nature, which are real to us, but are often not addressed in the church and sometimes, unfortunately, even ignored. Right. Um, the young lady in the book, Ava, is uh, in an abusive marriage, and uh, she finds some things out about her husband. And she has to make a decision in life in regards to forgiveness and trusting God about what to do about her future and whether or not her past is going to hinder her from that, so to speak. Okay. Wow. So where can uh, people find Dunn? Um, right now, um, they can go to my website, which is www.ashara, A-S-H-A-R-A, the author, Dot com and it's all together, um, or they can visit me on MySpace or Facebook. You can just uh, Google my name, and there I am. Okay. Well, Shara, I, I want to thank you. I want you to hold on for a second. We're going to um, going to interview some few more people, and we're going to open up the lines for questions from the, sure. the audience. So, okay. We're going to go to our next guest. Our, our next guest is a phenomenal author herself. She is a um, just a multifaceted person, uh, a kickboxing instructor, uh, aerobics teacher, praise and worship dancer. Um, I probably left out a few things, uh, but let me let me tell you about my next guest. Uh, Monica Marie Jones is our next guest. She is the author of a a very thought provoking book called The Ups and Downs of Being Round, which deals with um, weight gain and weight loss of and the, the, the psyche of a, a young girl. The Taste of My Soul and the book Floss. She's also a contributing author in Chicken Soup for the Girl Soul, New Directions for 
youth development and several publications and youth development training for High Scope Educational Research Foundation. She has worked as a columnist and freelance writer for the Michigan Front Page newspaper and is now an active member of the Motown Writers Network. I want to introduce to you Monica Marie Jones. Hello. Hi, Monica. <laughs> Hi, Miles. <laughs> How are you doing today? I am great. So happy to be on this inspirational show. I loved your message initially there. Oh, thank you, thank you. I've, uh, I know I may have left off a title or, or a degree when I was mentioning you, so if there's something I for- forgot, please forgive me and, you know, charge it to my head, not to my heart. <laughs> oh, that doesn't matter. I'm an author <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> well, I've been um, keeping up with you. I haven't talked to you in a little while, but I've been watching some of the things you've been doing as far as like a like you've done a book tour recently? Yes, it's ongoing. I'm just as I can. I'm traveling all around the world to spread my books, my messages behind my books and just, you know, continue to live in my purpose. Okay. So tell us more about your your last your latest book Floss. Okay, well, Floss is about people who live a lifestyle that is driven by money, cars, jewelry, and other material possessions. And the characters in this book really believe that they can use these things to measure their worth and to get what they want. But what they end up realizing is that all of these things come at a far higher cost than what they really, you know, realize. And... At the end, I don't want to give away the end, but okay. they're all left really thinking, you know, hey, right. is all of this really worth it? Can I find true fulfillment? Can I find true joy from these external factors and external things? That's the quick version of floss. <laughs> and that's a, a really good version. I think a lot of people that we know, you know, personally deal with those same issues every day, and, and I think that, you know, the reason why – the, the First and foremost, to the rest, to the audience, the reason why I selected the people that you're going to see today, everybody that I'm bringing before you now, they have a, they're, they are just dynamic writers, um, and the work that they do, it just, it doesn't just, it's not something you can just read and just put down. It's something that you can read and you're going to think about it. And these are things that you know you think about, things that help people get through normal situations in life. So, uh, Monica, tell us more. What would you tell somebody who had never seen any of your work before? What would you tell them about, you know, how you write and how how would, how do you go through the the motion of writing and, and getting things done to finish a novel? Because I think Monica's now on book number seven, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, I, well, I guess if you think of it like that, I, I'm on book number three as far as my books that have been published, but I've contributed to three other books. So my new novel will be the seventh time I've been published. Wow. I never that, thought of it like that. That's amazing. That's absolutely <laughs> well, amazing. Um, actually, what I'll say is, you know, I just started writing to process my emotions, you know, and then I started sharing with people, and I realized that the emotions that it evoked in them and how it was actually ministering to people when that wasn't even my initial attention. So I took that as a sign that, hey, this is something you're supposed to share with the world. I love hearing Ashara's testimony because it's like, We go through things, and we think we're supposed to hide them and be ashamed, but a lot of times we go through those things so we can share our testimony so that we can help minister to someone else and help them get through it. So that's how I got started writing. 
And once I realized, it was after Chicken Soup for the Girl's Soul, my story was published in there, I realized that I wanted to do it professionally. Okay. So um, initially I, jumped, I just immersed myself in the literary world. I didn't have a whole lot of money, but I volunteered <laughs> at every conference I could, you know, and while I was volunteering, I was soaking everything up. And then initially I just said, you know what, the more that I did not focus on it 100%, the more I felt like I was uh, cheating myself, like I was betraying my soul. So I ended up stepping out on faith and leaving my full-time job. And it has been a ye- over a year now since wow. I have just focusing on writing, and it has been a true blessing. Now, don't get me wrong, it ha- there have been ups and downs and trials <laughs> and tribulations, but I just keep on using it for new work, wow. you know, and I just keep going because I, I, I've never been happier and I've never been more fulfilled. Now, I want to tell my audience now, I was there, Monica talked to me and told me about the things that was going on when she, because she, she, she took a bold leap, and she didn't just, she didn't just, just walk out there. She took a leap. She's like, you know what? I I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to tell you this. Listen to what Monica just said. She did that, but I'm not going to advise everybody to do that. Don't go run and quit your job and start writing a book today. Don't do that. But if you feel that you can you can pull it off and you you're ready for the challenge, and also understand you got to if you have family obligations and things like that. Don't just quit your job. I'm not. I am not encouraging you to quit your job <laughs> because if if you got a, a spouse at home that you got to feed, you got a family you got to feed. You think about everything. You weigh the consequences. I'm letting you know that. But I'm I am definitely one who will promote a person who wants to to step out and live the life of their dreams. But use common sense. Okay, throw out that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. You have to think about it. And you really have to have that faith of a mustard seed. I remember reading another inspirational author, and she said, you'll never make more money doing anything than what God has purpose for you wow. to do. That's you so know? true. That's so, so true. So you think about that, and you put all that energy into that thing that you put into your job, and you put into hanging out, and you put into everything else that you push as a priority as opposed to what you're really supposed to be doing, then you'll be just fine, you know, if you put all that energy into that one thing, follow that one course. Wow until successful focus. And I, I like hearing that because a lot of people need to hear that, that if you if you can really focus your attention on something, see, the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. If you can really focus your attention on that thing that you, you desire, you can't want it too long. You won't want it because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. And that, that attention that you focus on, that thing that you know is inside of you, that you know that you have to do, that... But but if you had to do it for free, you could do it with your eyes closed. You can do it and, and get, pour your heart out and do it. You If you can focus your attention on that thing, that very thing is going to change your life. I guarantee it. I just want to put that out there also. Uh, Monica, you have definitely said some things here I know that people really need to hear. And when they when you replay this podcast, you know, I, I urge anybody who hears this to get this podcast. If you know somebody who needs to hear this, get this podcast Replay this thing because this is something that people need to hear. People need to know that your dreams and your passions, they are worth pursuing. And there are people out here every day who, who pursue them, and just like Ashara, just like Monica, just like the rest of our guests. And I know some of the listeners even that when you put your heart and soul into something, you can hang your hat on that knowing that I, I'm, I'm, I'm going in the right direction. I'm doing the things necessary to be great. And, you know, the people, like I said, I'm bringing on here as guests today, they go above and beyond the, the, the call of duty to be great. They, they they are what you would call excellent. They excel. And Monica, I thank you. Uh, Monica, where can we uh, 
find some of your books? You can find all of my books, uh, the paperback and the uh, electronic book, on my website. It's www.monicamariejones.com. And Marie is M-A-R-I-E, MonicaMarieJones.com, spelled just how it sounds. And look for the audio books coming soon. Ooh. Yeah. Stepping on up here. (laughs) Oh, and they're also available. You can order them at any major bookstore, Amazon.com, Borders, Barnes & Noble. But go to my website first, please. I'm living on faith here. Okay, people, that's also another thing. Like a lot of authors, when you become an author and you're selling a book, you are an independent agent. So you want to support the agent first before you go to the big chain. Go go to her website. Go to these authors' websites and buy their books directly from them, and it, it, it makes a bigger impact on them. Because, honestly, if you get this book, you get these the, – this, this is something that somebody has poured their heart into, and it may not mean as much as you think it does, but it does. If if you support them, it's, it, 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 it does something more for yourself when you can know that – I, I supported this person, and because I'm supporting this person, they can they can do what they've been called to do. And when you assist somebody in helping them do what they've been called to do, you open a uni- God has this universe set up where the, the universe is going to pour into you the same thing. So I, I always encourage people support the author directly. You don't always have to go to Amazon to get the book. You can go to her website, and I'm sure you know if you you wait to the end of the show, she can give you a, a PO box where you can mail it if you need to get mailed to her. Am I correct? <laughs> Sure. (laughs) Well, Monica, uh, I want you to hold on for a moment. We're going to uh, go to the next guest. My next guest is uh, a dynamic young author as well. Um, I don't have any bio information on her because someone, things happened. I understand. But I'm going to let, you, let her introduce herself. She's a, a dynamic young author, a dynamic writer. She's a columnist, film, film script writer. If you name it, she can do it. Um, Brandy, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the people and uh, what it is that you have to offer. Hi, Miles. Hi, Brandy. So I just want to say I'm, I'm really sorry that I didn't get my bio to you in time. But oh, yeah, sorry. You're good people. You follow me on Twitter, you follow me on Facebook, you know it's because I'm I'm super busy. I'm doing like a thousand things at once. So um, what I can tell you about myself is like everyone else, I graduated from Cass Tech, class of 96. I, um, of course, was, was nice class, too. Huh? That was a nice class at Cass Tech. <laughs> it really, it was the best class, actually. I, um, I'm also a, an alum of Wayne State University in Detroit, okay. Michigan, and I currently reside in Los Angeles, California. Okay. So, Brandy, what what do you what do you write now? I think that um, I represent um, a different end of the spectrum than the other guests, and that I am in the beginning of my career as a professional writer. I currently am paid to write a blog. Um, called Single in LA. That's singleinla.today.com. And it's all about my life as a single woman living in Los Angeles and trying to make things happen for myself in Hollywood. Wow. So how, yeah. how, how's that going? How's your following with that? Um, I've been very fortunate. I started the blog um, in May of last year. 
and um, the Today.com blog network hosts about a thousand blogs, and I am in the top ten of those blogs. Oh wow! So I've I've been very blessed, very fortunate to have people enjoy the things that I write. I mean, of course, when you write, you do it not with the hopes of riches. You hope you might be, you know, successful, but the the real success is in the writing, and I'm just glad that people have been receptive to it. And I've actually, you know, had the opportunity to read some of your work, and you are a great writer. And some of the stories you tell is like, wow. Could you uh, just share, is there some one story that may stick out that you want to share with the people? Oh, my goodness, one story that I could share. I love them all because they're about my life. <laughs> I would I would say that there's not a specific story that I could share that I love, but a theme throughout. I, I, I kind of consider myself a modern-day feminist. Okay. And um, I think that the most powerful thing that I do on my blog is I, I talk about myself being a career woman, a, co- a woman that's driven, a woman that respects myself, a woman that has very high standards and that doesn't settle, and how that kind of manifests itself in the real world of trying to date, trying to find the one, trying to live your life, trying to be moral and have fun and all that stuff at the same time. I think that all of my stories encompass that and sometimes they they go astray but you know they're just representative of my life so i understand that and you're saying you're just at the beginning stages of your writing career and already you've been picked up by a major network yes a a major syndicate of writers yes wow now I'm, i'm very fortunate in that way that is absolutely amazing a lot of people write for years and never get picked up and i know and you're pursuing your passion. You're doing something that that that's near and dear to your heart, and it, and already you gained, you've excelled at it. You're excelling at it, and that's amazing. Uh, what would you what advice would you offer anybody who's just starting as a writer today, and they really really want to to make this thing their life. They really want to want their career to be writing. What would you what advice would you give them? The best advice that I can give is to just do it and. In January of this year, you know, everybody makes New Year's resolutions and things like that. And um, my first blog post of the new year was um, basically focused on the fact that I make a lot of lists and I have all these lofty goals and I'm pursuing so many things at the same time. And that one thing that I wanted to resolve to do in my own personal life is to just do more. So my advice to anybody that wants to be a writer, wants to be whatever, wants to be a lawyer, wants to be the next black president of the United States, is to just pursue your dreams and to just do it. You put one foot in front of the other, you put pen to paper, you put finger to keyboard, and just do it. You know, it, it seems so simple. <laughs> just do it. And we've seen it as a, a Nike ad. We've seen it, <laughs> you know, on billboards and on bumper stickers and things like that. But what about a person who they may not understand? They 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 write, they feel it, but they may not understand how to connect just doing it to just doing it. Like how could you? If you were to advise them, how would you? What would you say to them? Okay, I don't want to oversimplify it, but let me tell you how it happened for me to just do it. Um, I started a personal blog, a non-paid blog, in December of 2008. 
I started that blog because um, a friend of mine had given me a book. He knew that I was grappling between um, my lifelong dream of being a lawyer, and I always wanted to be an entertainment lawyer, but I also always was very creative and was afraid to pursue those things. I always kind of considered that as something I would do on the side. And he gave me a book called Writing Down the Bones, and in that book, the author advised me and anyone to, that was reading that your writing life just begins with you sitting down and writing anything. So thinking of a keyword, apple, sit down and write everything you can about an apple. And you can't do it because, you know, I, I don't want to do this because I'm going to put time into it and I'm, I'm not necessarily getting a check for it. I'm not doing anything that I don't get paid for. So instead of oversimplifying and saying just do it, I would just say pursue the things that make you happy. It's not about like, you know, sitting down and, okay, today I'm going to write a book. You might not write a book. You might sit down and write a poem. You might write a haiku. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might write a love letter to your crush from high school, but it has to start somewhere. So that's really what I mean by just doing it is just following your dream for your path and sitting down and doing it. Wow. And this is people this is this is real life advice from real life people who are who are really just doing it. They these are people who stood up they felt they felt this in their heart just to do it and they they stepped out and did it. And it it doesn't necessarily end with writing. It could be anything like like she said, like Brandy said. You know, think about what was going on in President Obama's mind. You know, he had to actually Exactly. He he had to actually believe it. Our pastor talked about this in Wednesday night Bible class. You know, he actually had to believe this. And once he believed it and started speaking it out and started actually making, putting action to his belief, stuff the universe started you know moving in his direction. Things started coming his way. People started helping him. People who wouldn't even, you know, I even read an article about um, the president that the Ku Klux Klan actually supported him. Wow. That's amazing to me. You know, I know it may seem it may seem funny and comical, but in the same sense, that is that just shows you the, the power of of belief and the power of moving in in the direction of your goals. This man, this black man, moved in the direction of his goals and had known white supremacists like racists that were for him or in his corner. Even his enemies were at peace with him. If you can just if you can just do it. I'm telling some. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm talking to somebody. If you can just go in the direction of your dreams, just step out. Brandy is a in the beginning stages of her writing career. She's just really getting started, but she's already at a level that that 20 plus year journalist probably won't even touch because she just she just did it. And that's one principle that if you don't pick up anything today, pick up that just do it. Just get started in the direction of your dreams. Just get started in the direction of your goals, and stuff will start moving for you. Brandy, I thank you. Uh, where can we uh, Where can we we follow you again? You can follow me every single day at www.singleninla.today.com. I update my blog. I, I'm supposed to update it daily. I don't always do it, but I'm fortunate enough to still get paid even when I don't. But I'm encouraged by more followers to write more every day. So check me out on Single in L.A. What about, where? do you have a MySpace page, Facebook, Twitter? I do not have a MySpace page. I do have a Twitter, though, and 
anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I'm slightly addicted to it. You might Definitely. get to know many more things about me than you ever thought you would get to know. My Twitter page is Twitter, T-W-I-T-T-E-R dot com backslash H-U-T-E-I-N-L-A. Okay. Well, Brandy, I want you to hold on. We're going to um, take some callers in a moment, but I want you, I want to go to the next caller. Okay. Uh, And this leads us to our next guest. Our next guest is a um, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal person. I can't say enough about our next guest. Um, she has uh, done some dynamic things. She actually is the reason why I'm actually doing a blog talk radio show because I guest appeared on her radio show back in December, and it, it just I was just inspired, just completely inspired. This young lady is a, a dynamic publicist, dynamic uh PR representative, agent, uh, just mega great person, uh, and just a, a nice person just to be friends with. Um, my next guest, D. Stewart, is. Um, could you introduce yourself, D? Hello, D. Hello. Hello, D. Hello. Hello. D. Hi. Hey, you live. <laughs> I was muted and then I couldn't unmute myself. <laughs> How are you doing Hi, today? I'm, I'm great. <laughs> it's, it's great hearing from you. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I, I, this is exciting for me. You, you don't realize how uh, important this is and how, how happy I am to, to know that, you know, you really impacted me. Just in a matter of like, like a matter of two months, I've only known you since like December, <laughs> and you really wow. you really caused me to step my game up and do things you know a lot more assertively, and I, I thoroughly appreciate you as a writer, as a, a speaker, as a, you know as a coach, everything. I'm I'm really you know honored to to know you. Um, but as a a, a publicist, mm-hmm. you work with a lot of authors. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one thing that you you think that authors need to know or writers need to know in trying to promote themselves and promote their books? What, what is one thing that you would advise any uh, up-and-coming author in that area? They need, they need to know and understand the marketplace and the industry very well before they um, before they think of taking their book and actually submitting it into the marketplace. Um, and what I mean by that is and I have the experiences that I've had, the authors who don't understand this industry um, and the process that it takes um, become discouraged. Um, they take it personally and they leave or they jump into something too quickly and they find themselves in a lot of debt. Right. Um, most of my um, clients are published authors. Um, I do have some that are independent published, but they know um, we we discuss in great detail what is the best route for them to take so that their book can be nationally distributed so that anyone can go to any bookstore and pick up their book. So they can go into any bookstore and be a part of a book event. Um, and so that's not the, you know, one of the biggest things. And the other one, which is um, just as equally important, is they have to create a very good um, 
book that is current and it is um, it is it, it fits within the marketplace. It's priced correctly. It's great craftsmanship. They have to understand the elements of story, and they have to pull off a very good story. Um, because no matter how much publicity you, you can you try to get or advertising you try to get, if your book is not up to snuff, people are not going to buy it, and you don't want people returning your book. <laughs> you, you know, and that's amazing that you say that. A lot of people now. We, our, our last guest, uh, Brandy, she talked about just doing it, but there's also a way in just doing it that she's not just doing things, not just putting stuff in front of people, not just putting you know work in front of people, just saying, okay, here, take this. She's actually taking mm-hmm. thought to what she's doing. She's actually creating a, a good product, and it you mm-hmm. really, if you're going to be a, a writer, uh, uh, a carpenter. A woodmaker, a woodworker, whatever it is you're doing, you have to be, you have to pursue excellence. You have to be in the mindset of that that this product that I'm putting out is going to be good. That it's going to be beyond good. It's going, it's going to that it's going to really revolutionize whatever it is I'm doing. And I think if you take oh, yeah. that that attempt, take that mindset towards creating your product, creating your book, whatever it is you may be trying to create, that you're going to actually put a product in the market that you won't they won't come back to you <laughs> as far yeah. as being returned as, as okay this is this is not acceptable you want to always put in your in the forefront of your mind that this work that I'm doing is my best work and you want to go at it with that mentality that you're going to give the people a product that they can keep and that they can feel proud that they actually have right and i i write for um a blog that is read by christian today um a lot of the uh, Christian retailers, and my own blog is also uh, syndicated through Blogger. Um, it's a paid um, blog as well. I get about 10,000 hits a month, and most of the people who read the blog are either people in the industry or publishing houses or um, bookstores, booksellers, and we have these discussions a lot because right now um, with, the con- with the economy, <clears throat> book buying, um, book purchasing is challenged, and so bookstores are being very careful about what they're going to put in the stores. I also am a bookseller for Essex Magazine, a porting seller, so sometimes, oftentimes, we don't even, um, not only do we sell in bookstores, we have a host our own parties, we sell at um, different um, venues, we host our own book fairs, and the same thing. It's the same um, issue um, book buyers are being more selective, and so you don't want to have a, a product that's overpriced, particularly in this economy. Right. So, how do you successfully? How would one successfully brand their product? To, I mean, so that you can make sure that you you got a product that people want. How do you brand it so that people, when they see it, and the product's coming after they they're already waiting for them because they know that this is this is something that's good. How do you brand that? I think it first starts with your connection with Christ. Um, like I said, I write for, outside of my blog, Christian Fiction Blog, I write for the Masters Artist Blog, and I am a Christie's Book Awards judge. Okay. So um, if you go into Lifeway or any of the Christian bookstores and you see a book with a gold seal, I'm one of the um, judges who decide which books get that seal. Okay. I'm the only African-American 
judge, but we have this discussion a lot, and it comes down to really tapping into um, your um, spirit and seeing, listening to what God is saying to you. Right. Sometimes your story may be just for you. Sometimes your story may be for a congregation that you serve. Sometimes the, the, the story you write may be for your community. Then sometimes the, the story you write is for a national audience. But if you tap into to Christ, you are um, praying, you are studying the word, you are treating others like you want to be treated, you're just being pretty vertical with your life. Um, it doesn't it it doesn't become a uh, an issue of branding so much as you you hear what and you know what you're supposed to do. Right. And as you write, before you write, you pray before you write. Um, you you have a peer group of Christian writers and editors who will go through the book with you. And um, I I tell people, once you get to the fir- end of the first draft of that book, you need to start looking at the marketing value of that book, the, what branding, what, what, what you are as an author really is a brand. Right. What things do you, what things do you constantly um, come back to or what topics, if you're a single mom and your story is always about a single mom, Christian mom, then you build a brand from that. Um, but you start thinking about that after you've written the first draft. So you don't want to start the book thinking, okay, what is my brain, and then I'm going to write to that brain. You write the story first and then see what happens once the story gets to the end. You start um, um, taking, looking at your book on the business side. Okay. And then you you um, make adjustments to, um, to prepare yourself for whether you want to get a proposal done and submit it to a, a, a book contest or you're thinking about becoming a published author, or even if you're thinking about being self-published or independently published, you still need to go through the same channels. You need reviewers. You need editors to edit that book. It, I mean, the, the process doesn't change. You don't yes. circumvent anything. Um, <clears throat> but I I suggest to people, you, 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 if you get around a core group of good Christian writers, they will start to point out things in your story that you can't see, and then you'll re- then you'll see this is what my brand is. This is what I write about, and I'll always write about this thing, and and so I will build my story and my tagline and my marketing campaign around it. Okay, because we you know we have some some dynamic authors on online here tonight too. Um, I'm going to open the lines up for a moment and, and see if we have any questions for you, D. Just let you guys know that the lines are open. If you have any questions, um, we have D. Stewart on here, uh, award-winning publicist and PR uh, extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, usually I'm in the chat room, but I'm actually I'm um, flat ironing my daughter's hair. She has to go to a little um, ball. <laughs> okay. In about thirty minutes, so I'm not in the chat room today. I'm only on the call. Okay, because we, we have the phone lines open. Uh, there's, we have uh, four callers on here. If you have any questions for publicist extraordinaire D. Stewart, feel free to ask. We 
Well, I'm going to ask you this question uh, myself. Okay. Would you suggest um, self-publishing or someone who will wait for a book deal? Would you? Would, would it? I mean, I'm personally myself an independent writer, independent author. I publish mm-hmm. my own stuff. Um, uh-huh. I, I I don't really wait to for somebody to tell me whether or not they they want to work with my project. I actually just I write it. I work with a team of editors and I I put it online. Would you suggest that type of of, of publishing versus uh, going through a big publishing house? I mean, what, are, what what options would I have? Would a person like myself have in that type of arena? Well, it depends on the type of author you are, and you're not, you're nonfiction. So, um, with a nonfiction writer, particularly a Christian writer, and your motivational speaker, because um, I do have clients like yourself. Um, the best route, and I, I'm always first for the publishing house, and this is why. The publishing house takes your story, it vets your story. I mean, it, that means that it fact checks for you. It um, basically ensures to the marketplace that your book is safe. Bookstores are always afraid of being um, finding themselves in a lawsuit, or um, because it, it has happened in the past when they sold a book a song or anything and it was it belonged to someone else right. or it was liable or um, it was some other issue. So when you go to a publishing house, their editing team, their primary um, mission is to make sure it's ready for the marketplace. Are all the facts checked? Are all the um, references correct? Are all the endorsements actually endorsements that the, pe- that the person endorsed um, said, yes, I did endorse that book. Um, second reason is <clears throat> a publishing house has um, the ability to, um, to to submit your books to the marketplace on a on a national level. Now, if you are a um, a motivational speaker and you only want to stay in your region, then independent publishing is the way to go. But if you want to reach people in different states or places you won't be able to go to. Um, then you should go to a publishing house. The third thing is when you go uh, with a publishing house is the publishing house not only incurs the cost to publish your book, they, they incur the cost of getting the book designed with a, uh, a design team. They have a sales team that works on selling their books to booksellers and wholesale booksellers for you. Um, they insure the book. They submit your book for book awards that you don't have to pay for. They um, have they pay for book club, wholesaler book club um, membership fees that you don't have to pay for. Um, and they provide you um, first printing, um, advanced reader copies so that your book can be seen. Um, and reviewed by the, the National Library Association and different journals and newspapers that require that you submit their, your book six months in advance for review. You want to have a good relationship with libraries because libraries do not charge back. If they take your book, the book is is there. And you can't get into the library system outside of um, after your book is out and you go and try to sign up a consignment arrangement as opposed to you going through a publishing house and they have their own publicity team 
or PRC who's already submitted the book to the National Library Association, and your book is already going to be sitting in libraries along with sitting out in the, the marketplace. Fourth, um, publishing houses also encourage fees for a major book festival, for major book bookstore chains. There's some bookstore chains that won't take independent publisher offers for in-store events because they already have a invested relationship with publishing houses who they do their events with. So all those things, um, they, they um, save you a lot of money. And I, I often get um, potential clients or clients that come to me and say, well, I want to have creative control of my book, and a publishing house won't give me creative control of my book. And that is, um, I think that is, the person not understanding the industry more because a publishing house's job is to sell books. And if you are the author and you have a relationship with that publishing house, they're going to listen to you right. and work with you on how to sell their books. Now, they're not going to do what you want them to do because they know the, they know the marketplace. They're not going to pay you what you want to be paid because you're going to get paid on the back end. And this is the issue. <clears throat> with um, those who who have an argument against going through the self-publishing route is they want to make all the money up front. Right. Well, let's be, let's be honest here. A, a publishing house takes your book. They loan you or give you um, a certain amount of money based on the first printing, and then they're going to take care of the advertising, building the books, distributing the book, doing all the channels that you don't have to do. And all you have to do is go out here and read the book and sell the book to as many people as you can put your hands in front of, and they're going to do that and more on that end, their end. I don't see what the major complaint is. Now, if you want to be an independent publisher, and there's a, there are very good reasons to become an independent publisher, because some, there are some books that are not in the marketplace because the publishing house says we can't afford the cost to print this amount of books because there are not enough booksellers. Case in point, if you write a novella or a book of poetry or it's um, a new genre that is, is too new or too old for um, bookstores to carry, then you you can become an independent writer. I have a good friend, Linda Dominique Grossner, who has wrote written some great um, independent, independent books that became New York Times bestsellers. She knows the industry. She was once a... Um, a published author with a major publishing house. She learned the industry, and now she can do her own books. I suggest to anyone who wants to go the independent route is to build an audience that they can they they know will sustain them through their first printing. Because the the biggest challenge I see for independent authors, and I also see this with published authors um, for a different reason, is not having enough money to market themselves. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 